This is Prairie Road Companion, episode 79, recorded November 30th, 2011. The advent of the new translation, and St. Andrew. Welcome to Prayer Room Companion. I am Chris Bergwald, and with me as always... Father Andrew Dickinson. Speaking of which, Father, it's been, it's been a while since I had to find a substitute uh, co-host, so we're on a, we're, this is a good streak we've got going. If I were superstitious, I might say that just mentioning it means that you're not going to be able to be here next week or something. But that's not the case. I watch him spontaneously explode during this podcast. Wow. Good thing this is not a video podcast. Um, That'd be be fit for AMC late nights. (laughs) Late, late, late show. Uh, I'm still looking for the snow, Father. I'm not really. My kids are playing the Christmas music. I know it's Advent, but still. But uh, what kind of I'm not Catholic gonna, household are you? Blah blah blah. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm just. You know, I, they call. I talked to them on the phone yesterday. Christmas music we were playing, so I played some. But it, it's just you know, without the white stuff on the ground, it's just not the same. So, right? Whatever. Whatever. So speaking of Christmas or Advent, <laughs> well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Advent today, but we've got a couple other things to talk about first. Uh, of course, uh, we're recording on um, the 30th of November, Wednesday, November 30th, Woo! and we'll get to the significance of that in a minute. But this last Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, of course, uh, big news for Catholics, so to speak, or at least big adjust- adjustment a little bit. Big adjustment a little bit. I don't know if that works, but I'm going with it. Uh, we started using our new translation, um, Father. I, I don't know if you picked up on that, that there was a new translation that you were using for Mass, but we were. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting. I haven't really talked to Father months about it. I thought it'd be interesting just to uh, talk about our relative experiences. I was at my home parish in Minnesota. Um, but, Father, how did it go for you um, at White and in Brookings? I thought very well. Um, it, it was very positively received by the people, and part of it is that I'm very positive about it. Um, and uh, so that always, I think, you know, from the top down, that certainly leaves an impression. Uh, but uh, we, we had awkward moments, uh, but I, I just kept reminding them to keep looking at their car, looking at the, uh, the missiles that they had as we went through things, and just kept encouraging that way, and it seemed to uh, go off pretty well. Did uh, so if you were um, how how the very first uh, response from the people go um, when you greeted them? That was actually better than the one at the gospel. Yeah, the gospel one is. Yeah, yeah. So of course I'm talking about the 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 priest greets the Lord be with you or one of the other two options. And with your spirit. And with your spirit. And uh, my my home parish, um, uh, the the priest decided father decided to do the bulk of the catechesis once they've started using the new translation. He didn't do as much beforehand. He thought, once we start using it, and, and um, that's obvious. That's, I, have, I have no qualms, quibble with that at all. But it was interesting because the vast majority of the congregation um, responded to the greeting with, and also with you, because many of them, again, not with, with a lot of the prep up front, many of them didn't realize or had forgotten that there was this new translation. So by the end, they were more on board. But yeah, definitely during the gospel, I forgot that the, uh, the gospel, um, that the response was and with your spirit instead of and also with you as well. So um, any, any, how about for you? I mean, as, I, as I've been teaching on it over the last several months, I've, telling, I've, I've told people 
you know, the priests have it a lot harder than in the congregation. A lot more changes for the prayers that they use. So, you know, how how has that been going? Uh, pretty well. Uh, it's interesting. I feel like I have to be so careful in everything that I say, just because it's all uh, quite new. Sure. Um, which I enjoy one heck of a lot in some ways. Um, that carefulness. Uh, you know, in some way, like one of the things I preached about on Sunday was on you know Advent, you know watchfulness, uh, the words of Jesus from the Gospel. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. Um, and just how we need to have that posture and how we enter into uh, every Sunday Mass. I mean, uh, the Mass not just as a uh, foregone conclusion, if you will. Oh, it's a Mass. I know it's going to happen, but some place in which we should watch and be alert and be attentive. Um, but uh, so just that attentiveness on my part, I really enjoy, there's a couple of things I really enjoy. I don't know if you want me to go into that and keep sure. rambling that way. Sure, please. Uh, so like, so just that, that, that watchfulness, I really enjoyed that. Uh, as a priest, I think it's easy, there's an easy temptation that uh, familiar things can, as they say, become contemptible things. Mm -hmm. um, not that I had contempt for or disregard, I was jaded about uh, the Madison's previous translation, but it's just a little easier um, and hopefully it doesn't become that way with this one, but, um, and actually I think the language, the way it's structured, will, it will keep it a little fresher, at least in, in my experience, because it's not as every day of a language. Right, right. Um, it's not, it's not a syntax, it's not a grammar, it's not a way that I'd speak in my everyday language. And now mind you, my everyday language might get formed by it. <laughs> you know, it um... But uh, so I think that's certainly kind of an at issue or at play in this in this whole story. Do you it think? Is, you know, do you think that it will um, it will stay fresh, or, or what if somebody said, "Well, you know, you're going to get used to this too." I mean, you as a priest, you pray the mass every day, so I do, I think because it is in some ways still foreign, because it's not again a vernacular English in a sense. You're right, right. Or at least it's not a uh, profane English. So I, the other thing I, I started asking before we recorded, um, what Eucharistic prayers have you? So you've celebrated. Uh, it, we're recording this Wednesday morning, and so you've said three masses thus far with a new translation. Um, what Eucharistic mm -hmm. prayers have you used thus far? Uh, one and two. And um, I know at Sunday at my home parish, Father used one as well. Um, how? How how was how has been praying the Eucharistic prayers in particular, Ben? Out of curiosity. Well, one thing I, I noticed, kind of this, it seemed like an oddity first looking at the missal, but it's made more sense as I prayed it. Um, is that it can you know the missal kind of calls the preface, "The Lord be with you," and with your spirit. The Lord be with you. And lift with up your, your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always ever. It, it calls that part the beginning of the Eucharistic prayer, Yeah, which is, I think, correct. But I feel a greater continuity from that dialogue all the way through uh, to the doxology and the amen of the people. Um, I feel a greater continuity that how the Sanctus, the Holy Holy, fits in with the whole of that. I think Eucharistic prayer one, especially the text of it, emphasizes that reality. You know, to you, therefore, Heavenly Father... Um, you know, the therefore in there. Um, you know, therefore, what, what are we basing this prayer off of? Off of 
this praise that we just gave to God and the fact that it is our duty and our salvation to give him this praise. Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. I think that the way that all of the prefaces begin now in the New Translation, really that, that continuity, um, as you said, the, the people's response at the end of that dialogue um, it is right and just, and I think I've, I sh- I'd have to look, but I think every preface begins. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation always in where to give you thing, and so on. So, so I think the continuity right there is much clearer, and so I could see as you say that um, where the entire where you really see that the Eucharistic prayer begins. Um, not, I mean, in a sense, it begins after the Sanctus, but also in a real sense, as as you said, the missile indicates, it begins with the 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 priest's greeting in that dialogue, "The Lord be with you," and just the structure of the the words of the new translation now um, show that continuity in a clear way. That's a great point. Hmm. Right, that's something I just really have been enjoying as a part of uh, my prayer in the new missile, and I think. I, I think it also lends, the language itself lends to a greater continuity with the whole of Mass in that regard. Um, and so I've just been very much enjoying that. Another thing that I've been enjoying, at least in my prayer uh, of the Mass in that way, is it seemed like as I was praying it, um, I would adorn my prayers inside my own mind. So in the old translation, I would adorn the prayers with my own little devotional or fervent or pious uh, notations in my own mind as I'm praying it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, can you give I'm, an example? I'm taking the chat. Um, trying to think of one. Um, so, just uh, in the text of the Eucharistic prayer, um, you know, uh, after supper was ended, he took the cup, which was, of course, a very simple thing. Um, but I would just always try to, like, you know. Thanking God for the, for the Eucharist, thanking God for the ch- for the precious blood, um, thanking Him for the gift of His uh, blood on the cross, and um, so I think. But now with the with the now with the new language, you know, He took this holy and precious chalice in His venerable hands, um, and things like that. Is just the language is more adorned, so I don't have to adorn it. It seems. Right. 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 Interesting. You know, a lot. Uh, one of the things that that um, Father said at my home parish, uh, a great analogy that, well, it is obvious, but it never occurred to me before. You know, just as the sanctuary is elevated, so too ought our language be elevated. Um, you know, just as you know, physically, that where we, how, the way we celebrate the mass, um, the the structure of our our churches reflects. It has an elevation in it, so too ought our mass. And you, you alluded to that, or the words of the mass. You alluded to that with, um, you know, it, it's not the profane or mundane English, in the sense of just everyday English. Um, it's different, and and I, I I agree that that's I think it's a good thing. You know, it, it, you you touched on this as well that um, because it's different, I think it's easier for us to avoid just falling into the familiarity and the familiarity breeding contempt as you mentioned um it's it, it it i think it will keep us more awake and more watchful as you initially mentioned so yeah i, I hope so again that's always the opportunity yep. it's like one of the things i've been encouraging people on i think i'm going to encourage them on is you know in your christmas gift list ask for a hand missile ask for a yeah. subscription to magnificat 
Yep. Um, I just think that's uh, a great way to, uh, to kind of look at things. Yeah, I think you're right. Good. Well, anything else about the new translation that uh, you think worth sharing? Um, yeah. So, like, one of the interesting things for me was um, when I, uh, uh, yeah, on Monday we ha- I had a priest visiting um, for, we're doing some discussions for a program, and he stayed to uh, pray at Mass, and he uh, pronounced the gospel. And he gets up there and says, the Lord be with you. And I responded. And with yours. And also with you? And also with you. Yeah. Actually, Marv, and also... With your spirit. I realized I was getting it wrong. <laughs> so, um, it's kind of funny too, like to hear like the difference um, between um, the uh, um, uh, the uh, um, the difference between uh, uh, voices. So someone says, at least the way I hear it up there, the people that are saying, "And with your spirit," they're kind of like, "Hey, I got it right." And uh, those that are saying, uh, and also with you, they kind of realize they're getting it wrong as they say it, so their voice kind of trails off and goes down and registered. And also... With your spirit. <laughs> That's what I... I hear the combination. Um, I, or people have told me, yeah, I, and also with your spirit. That's, I've recovered. I, you know, I saved it. I, did, I went to daily mass. Uh, Monday, we were journeying, traveling home from... Um, Minnesota. So yesterday, Tuesday, I went to daily mass, and you know, right at the beginning of mass, the Lord be with you, and also with you. Dope. So, you know, it'll take me some time, but I should get it sooner or later. So, well, yeah. yeah. Another thing. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Well, another thing too, just about the new translation that I enjoyed um, was that um, the. uh, the coincidence on Monday of uh, the gospel passage of the centurion. Yep. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and your servants shall be t- healed, for I too am a man of authority. Yep. And so it was a great opportunity yep. to preach on that aspect of the translation, at least to my daily mass crowd. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I, uh, that I enjoyed there was the whole notion of um, uh, the... Uh, that we're praying the faith of the centurion and how Jesus is uh, allowing the faith of the centurion. Also the fact that Jesus uh, frames it in terms of the banquet of the kingdom of heaven, that the centurion, because of his faith, is one of those from the east and the west who's come and invited to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet of the kingdom of heaven. That's precisely what we're doing at that point in the Mass. Yep, absolutely. So I really like it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to I see. Think, and then my, my next three Sunday homilies are all going to be preaching on Advent, uh, how Advent and the uh, New Mass translation go together. Cool. Cool. If only you, dear audience, could see Father's very helpful and meaningful hand gestures at the moment, but alas. Yes, so the interweaving between Advent and the New Translation. So yes, the interweaving Father and your homilies to come um, of uh, of the two the new translation and the um, Advent season that we're in. Um, anyway, real briefly then on today. Today, what's today, Father? The 30th of... November 30th. Therefore? It is the Feast of, of 
St. Andrew, happy feast day, Father. The glorious and resplendent St. Andrew. The 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 dark, the guy who just you know I mean I know he's you know he's in heaven now and so he has no jealousy whatsoever no envy but I still feel for him you know he he brings he, he he's the one who meets Jesus with John brings his brother Simon and then where is he is he he's not among the the central trio he's just one of the twelve but I am mentioned in the Roman canon. It, no, no. St. Andrew is mentioned in the Rome canon. Uh, you're not mentioned okay. in the Rome canon. <laughs> I consider us one of this. He who honors him honors me. Wow. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, a great feast day. Of course, one of the 12 apostles. Again, one of the first two apostles, uh, or the, men who would become the apostles. The, the first apostle, in my humble opinion. Wow. <laughs> John and Andrew, I don't know which was actually first, but yes, they <clears throat> met Jesus as we read in John chapter 1. And of course, today is also, because of it, we begin that devotion, well, some people at least, uh, begin that devotion, which is, uh, has the misnomer of the Christmas novena, but that prayer to obtain favors that begins, Hail and blessed be the hour and moment which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem and piercing cold, and so on. So, And I always remember that begins... Um, the Feast of St. Andrew. So. so anything else you want to say about your uh, namesake, Father? Oh, I don't know. There's some good stuff to say about him. Uh, you know, just uh, the fact that he's uh, maybe he should be a patron saint for anyone who desires to evangelize just because uh, you never know who you're going to evangelize, right? Amen. And the person you invite to Jesus, uh, what, they might, uh, what they might know. Yep. And so um, there's that. Uh, also, I just think, uh, oh, some great stories about him. I was listening to a uh, podcast from uh, Vatican Radio this morning with Father Reginald Foster. Uh, Seriously? And, uh, yeah. I thought he was really sick. I okay. Anyway. I think it's an old recording. Okay. okay. He was still in Rome. Okay. And uh, we was talking about uh, when they first brought the relics of St. Andrew in uh, to uh, back to Rome. It was during the reign of Pope Pius II. And that Pope Pius II was such a lover, uh, devotee, to, uh, uh, to St. Andrew for some reason. We're not really sure why. Um, but uh, that he, uh, like, he, he built this big... Um, he built a big. Uh, uh, I'm distracted by my phone ringing in the background. I hope that isn't coming through, is it? It is, but that's okay. All right. All right. Sorry, people. But hey, at least it's a good ringtone, right? It's Christian <laughs> and Catholic musicians. <laughs> this plug for uh, for Matt Marr uh, brought to you by Matt Marr Music. Um, didn't we get a sponsor here on the podcast of Matt Marr? Maybe. Mar? There we go. Okay. Woo! So. Um, Yes, yeah, so Pope Pius II had such a devotion. This was in the uh, 15th century uh, to um, uh, to Saint Andrew that he built a big um, uh, like a big platform, a big festival around the reception of the relics of Saint Andrew. In fact, Pope Pius II uh, and I believe one of his predecessors are both uh, buried in the Church of Saint Andrew, where his relics were kept for so long because he was such a devotee. Well, well, you know, the thing that, I mean, this is, 
it's it's it, it's certainly relevant to the gospel from today with with the call of them of Andrew and Simon and James and John to become disciples the thing that that strikes me in the today's version of it or the read, the version we read it at mass is from Matthew chapter 4 i think um at once they left their nets and followed him but just the immediacy with which Simon and Andrew I should say Andrew and Simon followed Jesus um always strikes me. I mean, they were following him before, but they returned to their to their uh, lives as fishermen. But then when Jesus calls them as disciples and then later as apostles, they respond with immediacy. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Uh, and that just that's what struck me today as I was reading the gospel. So anyway. Anyway, so that's, that's what I like about St. Andrew. Very good. Well, let's uh, let's close them by talking a little bit about this this uh, season that we are in, um, the gift buying season of Christmas, which began um, on November first after Halloween, according to the shops and stores that I visit. Advent. Advent. Well, I think you know we, we can have a nice sense of Advent though from our gifts. Let's see this homily. Um, I mean, when you're young, you have an advent of presence. Yeah. You know, that you're waiting on the presence, you're looking for the presence, you're eagerly watching, you know, waiting to see um, what might be there. And um, you're kind of watching each time you come back in the house. Are there more gifts under the tree? Did I get something new this time? And so I kind of like it. Yes. So one of the things I like about this Advent season this year, it's the longest Advent can be. We've got a full fourth week of Advent because Christmas Christmas falls on a Sunday. Um, It's a full four weeks of Advent. Um, You know, and I do think it's, we we sort of, well, I think you were joking. Maybe you were serious. I don't know. But uh, Mm. with playing Christmas music earlier, but there are things that we can and, and should try to do as Christians, as Catholics. There are devotions where we can remember that, you know, Advent is a season of preparation, not just in the secular sense of baking Christmas cookies and buying gifts, but spiritual preparation. There was a, a, a quote, in, in, you mentioned Magnificat a few minutes ago. Um, yesterday, there, there just a brief little excerpt from um, uh, John, Blessed John Paul II in Magnificat, just a short line. Advent is a time of vigilance, prayer, and conversion. So a time of vigilance, prayer, and conversion. So it really is a time. Christmas, of course, we, 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 we celebrate the birth of Christ, but it's also about recognizing the way that he comes to us in our daily lives and the fact that he will return again at the end of time. Um, so a season, of, again, a time of preparation, or a prayer, vigilance, and conversion, always seeking to be watchful, to watch for Christ's coming in our daily lives and be prepared for his coming, whether when we die or at the at the at the end of time, if this should happen during our lifetimes. Uh, so it's you know a, a time of spiritual preparation, in a sense, a penitential season, um, prayer, uh, conversion, and whatever the other thing was that he said, vigilance, vigilance. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so do you do, Father? Are there anything? That, what is there any? Are there any particular devotions or spiritual practices that you? Uh, take up during the season of Advent? Um, well, one thing that I do usually sometime during Advent or for some part of Advent is uh, the 
Total Consecration uh, to Jesus Through the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, as written by St. Louis de Montfort. Mm. Um, and I often uh, will do that using um, uh, January 1st as my uh, dedication time. Okay. And so uh, oftentimes I'll do, so some people will do December 8th. I'll use January 1st just because it seems to flow a little better for me for whatever reason. I should do it at that time. When so when um, also have tried. You, have you started with that then? Is it forty? How long is yeah, it? Yeah, started on 29th. Started okay. yesterday. Okay. Okay. And so, for some reason I can never remember to start at the beginning of November. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's one you, thing that I do. And another, you were starting to say another one when I interrupted you. Uh, no, another one I'll do sometimes then is uh, especially during the well here this assignment. I get it gets very quiet here by the 17th of December usually. That's usually the time of the O antiphon. So one thing that I, I wanted to try and do is to do some extra vigil times of prayer. Um, and so uh, as it gets quiet here, and like in most parishes, most priests would be doing ramping up and getting more intense in those last seven days before Christmas. Here it kind of slacks off because most of my people leave right. uh, from the college. So just try to do some extra devotions. Uh, some extra vigil prayers, maybe, uh, during those hours, during those days as well. So you mentioned the O antiphons. Uh, what are the what are the O antiphons? I think it'd be good to brief, just briefly talk about that. If I could only put a verbal link to a podcast from years previous, didn't we do one on this last year? I looked, and I think we may have mentioned it, but I don't think we had one devoted to it. Oh, okay. So the O antiphons uh, refer to uh, the antiphons of uh, morning prayer for the uh, seven days immediately before uh, Christmas morning from the 17th through the 24th. And uh, they're ancient uh, prayers and with ancient kind of Old Testament titles uh, and allusions to, uh, to our Lord and Savior. Uh, you can hear some of them are parts of them oftentimes in the modern hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And they're also, aren't they also the, um, are they, aren't they the gospel um, acclamation or the the, um, the is it the antiphon? I believe they might be the Hallelujah. Yeah, the, at the, at the, the Alleluia. verse for the Hallelujah. The verse for the Hallelujah, exactly. Um, yes, I believe so. So it's a it's a tradition. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a. I don't know if it's just a devotion. I mean, it's almost more of a liturgical. I don't know. It's more of a liturgical part of the of the of the liturgy of the church because, as you mentioned, it's part of morning prayer, uh, and and also again, I think it's the um, the uh, it is the uh, gospel acclamations. Gospel acclamations. So so it's it's more than it's it's, it's a devotion, but that's rooted very much in the liturgy. Um, so anyway, it's not a bad devotion to have. Indeed. Okay. Do you uh, do you do right. any spiritual any different spiritual reading at all? Out of curiosity for Advent or not not necessarily? No, I mean the the the, uh, the true devotion of Saint Louis de Montfort uh, takes yeah. a little extra. It does. Yep. One thing we of course we um, I shouldn't say of course we we do at home we do a, a Advent wreath, and so at dinner time we'll we'll light mm -hmm. the appropriate candle or candles and. And say a little prayer, and maybe sing a, an appropriate hymn um, uh, with with the Advent prayer. Um, we try, you know, it's tough with the culture. Try, we try to 
I, I think last night, in fact, when I was putting the kids to bed, my three oldest, some, one of them asked, Dad, does Advent last past Christmas? And I explained, no, you know, the Christmas season begins, and so we get to continue. Christmas is the one day. It starts and continues. It's the first day of Christmas of the 12 traditional, you know, we hear about the 12 days of Christmas. They start with Christmas, not beforehand. But explain, you know, because they really like Advent because it's a time of joy and excitement. And I think, you know, it's something that I've been trying to do, taking those, you know, childhood memories and the excitement, as you said, the advent of gifts and so on, and, and maturing that and, and making it more of a, a again, a time of spiritual preparation to and rejoice at the celebration of Christ's birth and, again, looking for his coming in my daily life and expecting, hoping, um, looking forward to his coming at the end of time as well. Uh, but just trying to um, make Advent what it's supposed to be, what it's meant to be, spiritual preparation and not get it hopping in the business of preparing for Christmas. So, Anyway, well, uh, I think we'll leave things at that. Father, any, any final thoughts before the dismissal? Not that I'm aware of, but I'd like you to handle the dismissal. I get to do the dismissal? Wow. Please. As long as you dorkily call it the dismissal, I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm going like, to sign out of the recording machine now instead of being involved in something called the dismissal. Well, it, it, the, there was air quotes, folks, for that, for, uh, for, just so you know, with that uh, from Father. Anyway, well, yeah, we'll wrap up here, and uh, thanks again for listening. As, as Father has reminded us the last few weeks, if you have any questions or ideas for podcasts, I know that, again, um, we've gotten some. Keep sending them in. Uh, you can email them to me or any other comments you have at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. In the meantime, have a blessed Advent, and we will see you next week. God bless.